What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. Today is August 18th, Saturday, a day late from when is I it usually... Is really? Yeah, man. Oh. I know, I know, with kids. My wife's birthday is on the 20th. Oh, shit, my wife's birthday on the 20th. <laughs> Oh, That's fuck. why I love our guest today. Guys, uh, this is a very special episode number 73, uh, and that's why I'm doing it a day late, uh, because I met him the other night. We hit it off. One of the funniest, coolest <laughs> motherfuckers that I've met in the business. Uh, this guy goes all in early, and I fucking love it. Uh, you know him from um, Bert the Conqueror, which was on the uh, Travel Channel. Now he's got another show on the Travel Channel called Trip Flip. The one and only. <laughs> you've been you've been nervous about my intro on stage all week, and you did it perfectly. Why don't you say that when you bring me up? You're like, oh yeah, you're like, oh, really? Yeah, like, uh, t- t- what is it? Travel Channel. Yeah, yeah. You uh, give me like the simple <laughs> shit. I got trying to. Bert Kreischer is here. Thank you for being here, man. Um, um, you. The reason we hit it off is we're both drinkers. I was like, I was just thinking, do you think cokeheads are ever like? I don't like that guy. He kind of drives me nuts. Do you think they always hit it off? They're always uh, like. But the funny thing is, when I first met you, you came in the green room, and we were talking about something. Completely completely unrelated and mid-sentence you interrupted yourself and you go do you drink you drink here and I go yeah you go all right cool cool and when you just went yeah. right back dude but you don't I like to party you do I like to have beers and I like to talk shit and I like to fucking gossip and talk about guys we liked like in you know and guys that we don't I yeah. love that shit I love that's the best part of comedy talking about comedy is my favorite part about comedy like, like doing sh- comedy is fun doing comedy is good when it's like you get that great bit that's brand new right and you're like Fuck, like, where? How did that happen? But man, fucking talking about comedy, shooting is a the blast. shit, yeah, yeah. Like, and we went out the other night. We're like, we're gonna get a beer, and we ended up getting. Well, we like, started off. We started off both talk, liking Bill Burr. That's where it starts. Is that we both talked about Bill, and then when when you, like, if in my book, if you you're either one of two comics, you either fucking respect exactly what Bill's doing. And if you don't, then I can't talk to you. I don't respect what right. you do in fucking life. Right, right. Because he's one of the ballsiest guys doing stand-up right now. And we both agreed uh, ad nauseum that, what, that where he's – that he's got more to say than most people out he's there got, doing stand-up. Right. And we also agreed on, like, other c- comedy. Yeah. Like, we agreed we, on a lot of different stand-up, and we're like, oh, okay, and then we shot the shit. And just in case Bill's listening to this, we also agreed that we did think he was closeted homosexual. But <laughs> – <laughs> Dude, Bert goes all in. You should have so. We just, we're, by the way, just so you know, we're actually on location at Levity Live in West Nyack. We're performing together on the show, and we had a really, um, we had a really kind of tight, I'd say shitty. Fuck yeah. They, they were a tight, shitty crowd. They were crappy. I attacked, the, I attacked the girls up front. No, and that's what I loved about it. We had a reserved back. Like I said, I remember saying fuck and a, a, a dick will eventually be in every man's daughter's mouth. And they went like, oh shit. And then Bert. <laughs> dick Bert, will eventually be I in said every. That's yeah, a fucking. That? No, that's oh. an aggressive statement. Oh, I love it. I said every, it's inevitable. Every man needs to know when he has a daughter. Eventually oh, there's going to be a penis in her mouth. Fuck. Yeah. So, but, so I'm like, if they, then you go up and like you instantly. I was like, man, I said fuck a couple times. And then you just fucking, you just laid into this crowd and These didn't three give girls a up front, one looked like Snooky, and the other two looked like fucking Jay, like a broke-ass Jay Wow, and then the third <laughs> fat Italian girl they have on the thing. And, and it's uh, like, and I fucking, and they gave me this look. You know, it's like, we remember we were talking the other day, it's like a, it's like a look that would have set Patrice off. Like a fucking look right, where they right. just kind of like... Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I just instinctually was like, "Fuck you!" I'm going and, to. And you said something the other night, which I, which, which we totally agree with. Is 
when when you do things like that on stage and you try to be honest and you try to and you see something Guys like us who are trying to do it this honest way and be as real as possible, we think about guys like Patrice and the guys doing it. Like, what would they do? Would they like what they're, what they're seeing in the back? Right. Like, if uh, they were sitting in the back, right. would they say... This guy's being a bitch or this guy's doing it the right way? Yeah. And, and yeah, and uh, no, totally, man. But, I mean, this has really been an honest... This has been an honest show. Um, I want to tell the, my listeners uh, a little bit about you. You're originally, you're a, a Tampa, you're a Tampa, Florida guy. Yep, grew up in Tampa. And you started doing stand-up in Tampa. Nope. Started, I tried it once in Tallahassee where I went to school. Oh, okay. Right after the Rolling Stone article. And then I moved to New York and started working at the Boston Comedy Club. And that's how I started. Oh, so when you first moved to New York, where did you move to? Uh, right across from the Comedy Cellar on... Uh, oh, you down, down by McDougal. I lived on McDougal. 86 West McDougal, I think was the address. It's literally across the street above the Flaffle Shop from, I don't know if it's Flaffles anymore, next to a fortune teller back yeah, there. Yeah, you know, there's, there's actually a fortune teller, and I got a falafel yeah. at the place across the street. Would, now, were you at a studio or you had a roommate? I had a roommate, but it was a studio. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to, every night, I'd go to the Boston, and then I'd walk home, and I'd stop by the cellar and see who was there, and I'd go watch a tell or anyone else that was on, like anyone, and then just fucking... I never had the balls. I mean, I'd sit at the table that Keith Robinson and Norton and all those guys set up, but I never had the balls to engage. And most of the time, I'd just sit by the bar near Geraldo and drink. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it, it's it's an intimidating place when back then. I mean, now oh, back it's, then it was a fucking monster. No, back then the table was Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. Yeah. I went there two years in with buddies, and the lineup was like DePaulo, Geraldo, yeah. like Norton, like all these different, and it was just like you know. I'm amazing for a young comic to see. It really, you know, it's like I, I believe, I've, I really believe I, I learned how to do stand-up in New York, and then I moved to L.A., and I learned how to do stand-up comedy. Like, like comedy is, stand-up comedy in L.A. is a little more crafted. In New York, this is the analogy I'll make it. So I always felt that New York, it was like, the both are like working out. New York is like working out in prison, where you're doing it with a broomstick and two cinder blocks, and you're just working out so you don't get raped in the shower. Right. And right, in L.A., right. it's just about having good abs. And, and it doesn't right. matter how much you bench, as long as your pecs look well-deformed. Right, Well-formed. Right. And your arms are equivalent to your pecs and your shoulders and your legs. <laughs> right, and, right. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what L.A. is. Like, you'll totally get raped in the shower in L.A., but you look good. <laughs> you look good doing it, yeah. And so I had this, like, New York strength where I could go up. Like, I, I, can, I call it, like, like, Bobby Kelly strength. Bobby Kelly can go into any fucking room and make... He can go to a room full of seven. He has done this. There are stories about this. He's gone into rooms where it's seven fucking people that paid for a college show, and they send him into a study hall room, right. and he does stand up on top of a desk and murders, and oh, they man. bring him back the next year for double the money and a double crowd. Like he, oh. that is Bobby. Oh, and, he's a monster. Dude. And I was like, I was in that, I was in that direction, and then I moved out to LA, and I realized. Fucking LA, it's just about, it's like, they, they don't know crowd work. It's like, do, write your joke, yeah. say your joke, and it better be clever. Right, it's like a scripted performance. I noticed when I was in LA, I did the Joe Rogan and Friends show out there, yeah. which was great, but I noticed that when I would talk real or about my life, the crowd, they loved it, but it, they got yeah. like real quiet and were watching it like they weren't used to it. Well, Joe's, Joe's crowds are very good comedy crowds. Joe's crowds are like, are the perfect comedy crowds because they, I think they, they're used to it and I think they like it. I think when you get honest, they fucking love it. They like get in. They're like, yeah, bring that shit. Like, right, right. Because his podcast is three <laughs> hours of fucking sheer honesty. Oh no, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. That podcast is an amazing, like, amazing. It's an amazing uh, tool to figure out your voice. 
I, I was able to talk to Rogan on his show, and, and I just told him real quick, I didn't want to bother him. I appreciated the spot, and I just go, dude, I just want to tell you, man, what you did to that feminist woman, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. Go to it. Just type in Joe Rogan feminist on YouTube. What he did to her and put her in her place, but that guy is known for just really calling it how it is, and if you're bullshitting or half-stepping, he fucking calls you on it, dude. Yeah. And it's fucking, it's awesome, and it's, and it's, and it's really rare. Um, something with you being on the show that I want to talk to you about, because um, I have two children now. I have a, a three-and-a-half-year-old son, and I have a, a four-month-old daughter. You have two little girls. Yep. We were talking about this yesterday, and this may sound rude and, cr- this may sound rude and, and, and not, non-loving to our families, or at least on my end. My family and my kids know how much I love them and they mean the world to me, but comedians have a connection or a disconnection sometimes because of what we're trying to do. wanted to know if you have this situation. You're on the road, which you are fucking all over the world. And you start missing them, like, day four, five, or six, right? And you're like, I can't wait to see my fucking kids. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. And then you get home, and right? Like, get me on the fucking yeah, road. Yeah, and, and you're like, you <laughs> hug them, and you love it. And then all of a sudden, all the chores <sighs> and real life come in, and you're like, holy shit, <sighs> get me back to Vegas. But you love them. Is that, like, a fucking horrible way to be? Like, No, I don't know what op- it is. I think, that's, I think that is whatever makes up the animal that is the man that feels like he needs to earn for his family. I think we feel guilty genuinely relaxing Ah. and hanging out with our kids because we're like, well, what the fuck, man? I got to feed these people. Like, I feel like if I take a bunch of weeks off, I look at it on on the calendar and I go, this will be great. And then once I have my first week off, I'm like... I, like, get a tweet, and I'm like, oh, fuck, Ralphie Mays in Austin? Like, fuck. Right. Like, shit. Bobby right. Kelly's on tour with, like, I remember I remember one time I was at home, and I was like, <laughs> wait, uh, Bill Burr, Jim Norton, and David Teller doing a, a tour? And I was like, fuck. Oh, that anti-social. I was like, I got to get on a tour. Like, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. this family. I need to, I want to be with them. How much great, how great would that be, being with them? And I was like, oh, fuck. What's but, wrong with me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. what's the fuck's wrong you want, with me? You'd rather be with fucking five, com- four I was, comedians. I, I was saying that, I got that joke that I was working, I came up with last night. It's based off of, you know, taking my kids to Build-A-Bear. Right, right, right. It's a Build-A-Bear chunk. That's hilarious. That I'm like, like, fucking, I love it because it's real honest about, I don't want to be there. I don't want to fucking do this. I don't want to do any of this shit. But I'm doing it because that's what a good dad does. And then I'm getting angry and you have emotions connected to it. And and it's like, it's I'm trying to be as honest as possible. When the Daniel Tosh shit went down, I told my wife the joke he said. My wife's like, I think it's funny. Like, I don't... I yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I, I... She goes, I think it's funny. She goes, I think it's funny, and she's a fucking heckler, and she deserved it. That's what my wife said. I was like, it, I go, it doesn't matter. When I'm talking about me, like me, what I say, what if I say something? She's like, Travel Channel's got your back. They're never going to fucking turn your back on you. They love you. They know who you are. They know your stand-up. She goes, if you really are concerned about it, then you really need to take the time to stop and think, what am I talking about? What do I care about? And what am I willing to go to the right. fucking... Right. Go to the gallows for? Now, okay, so that sets up your question, a question for you. What is, have you ever said something on stage? It's a two-part question. Yes. One, that pissed her off, but two, where you even said, yeah, oh, you pissed yeah. your wife off. But then the, the second part to the question is, was it something that you knew? You're like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I didn't need to do that. The, like it was something that you almost were like, you know what, why the fuck did I do that? Um, the farting on the chin joke. Is she hates it, and she she literally. I'm not that when she when I go at the end and she goes, she starts crying. I go, what the fuck are you crying about? I'm the one in the hurt locker. She she literally said to me, "You're going to talk about this on stage. I hate that you're going to talk about this." And I was oh, like, wow. And so I didn't. But then she did it again, and I was like, "Fuck this! I got to talk. I've taken two short farts on the chin. I'm talking about this." Because I go, baby, I go. If this has happened to me twice from you, it's happened to other men. And she's like, oh, she's like, fine, fuck it, just do it on the road. Don't do it when I'm in the room. And I was like, what? all right. 
And then I did it on the Showtime. I did a Showtime thing. I did it on Showtime, and she was like, it was funny. It killed. Really? Yeah, and she goes, you know what? I realize is I think people think you're always lying. I think they always think you're just making shit up. I've had people say to me, are you really married? And I'm like... Yeah, no, you because you come across... That's a, that's what I love about your act, and I love about your stand-up. Is you fucking go up there, and you're like, this dude is talking wild shit. And then you find out, you're like, yeah, that happened, and so-and-so. Yeah. You know, that happened. Like, I really fucking... You know, I really did that. And that's... I mean, but you don't... you You... Seemed to me and why we got along was you don't seem like you'd be comfortable just doing a jokey joke to get a laugh. No, like I, that, like yeah. you're not fucking happy with that. No, I have no interest in just remembering jokes and then going like, um, I did it. I did it for a while. Sure, when sure. I was featuring, I did it. And then I had people that were older than me that told me that that was my voice. You know, be like a boxer, punch and jab, punch and jab. And I was like, I think I'm not, I don't, don't think I'm like that. I think I'm more of a storyteller and I go in and I should weave a yarn that people go, God, some of that shit happened to me. So I can't believe some of that shit. Right. I can't believe he was that honest. Right. I do think that about that subject. Like, I, <clears throat> that's where I think I'm at now. Is I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how to do a set with big chunk stories. Right. You know? Like no, that's the difference. Because you got like my machine story is ten minutes long, twelve minutes long. It's a fucking long period of time. Like that show, it didn't go that. Is that well. online anywhere? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. If you type in Bert Bert Kreischer is the Bert is the machine or the machine Bert Kreischer, it'll come up. It's oh, yeah, an animated. And, and I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you guys this right now, okay? And I've talked about working with Ron Schock in Las Vegas, and Ron Schock told a story, and I walked into the showroom, and somebody said, "Listen to the story," and he had said to me, "I want you to listen to this," and I went in the fucking showroom and I listened, and I literally thought I was listening for two minutes, and I looked at my watch, and I could not believe how much time went by. Yeah. Now, one of the best <laughs> storytellers, I have to tell you, and I told you this. Before I ever knew you were going to be on my podcast, I said to the, the night, I said, dude, that machine story is fuck. I told the crowd when you left, you left. I go, that? I said, I've seen a lot of stand-up comedians tell stories. I tell stories. I said, that story is fucking epic. Go to Bert is the machine. If you go to BertBertBert.com, I'm sure you can find it on there, too, somewhere. Yeah, he, he tells a story about getting involved in the Russian mafia when he was younger, and it's fucking top to bottom fucking hilarious. Thank you, man. That no, it's a, a lot. It's, it's a, it's, it really is. Like, it's one of those stories that, like, <coughs> now, you must have friends. Like, do you have, like, annoying friends who are, like, at a barbecue who make you repeat at every party? No, there, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bert, Bert, get over here. Get over He's drunk. Get over here. As a matter of fact, I was at a, I was at a kid's party, and, and then one of the dads was like, hey, man, I... What's the story about you and the Russian mob? And I was like, I go, it's a pretty long story. And he goes, save it for later. I go, yeah. So, <laughs> cut to all the kids are upstairs watching a, watching a movie, and we're and all the dads are in the pool. We're all drinking Johnny Walker Black or Johnny Walker Blue. And he goes, so you gonna tell the story? Bunch of dudes chest deep in a pool, and I tell the story, and they're fucking doubling over laughing in the pool. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck. And but I really genuinely liked telling it that way. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't feel like the, with a crowd, you feel like you need to pace it. When you tell it to friends, it, you can let go in the right it, situation. Yeah, 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 like it's you can, different. Yeah, you can let it weave itself and sure. really get into chunks. So. And it's like it does sound like a movie. It does. It sounds, dude. You like if you wrote that screenplay. I wrote, I wrote did a, you write I, a screenplay? About I have it? a book deal, so I wrote that as a short story. I'm gonna let my editor read it, and then I'm gonna send it out to producers to see if we can get it. Like made. I feel like if that was a screenplay for a movie, and and a bunch of kids went out there for whatever, and what happened to you happened, and the whole thing from top to bottom. That's a fucking. You could make it. That's a you killer could, comedy. Yeah, dude. you could make it really big. You really could. It could be a fucking great. I guarantee you, some fucking someone comes up with that. 
some well, but, that, but, fucking, but that's your like. Disney. I know, but I got yeah. I was also the fucking inspiration for Van Wilder. So fuck what, like what you know. It's Were like, you really? Yeah, yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, I mean, I, like here's the thing: is that you don't like. I, there's no way I could sue them. First of all, no one, even though National Lampoon did admit it to me, they knew. Oh, Oliver Stone, uh, Rolling Stone wrote the article on my life. Then Oliver Stone optioned the rights to my life, his company, and. Uh, and then a bunch of dudes wrote scripts for Oliver Stone about me being a party animal and meeting a journalist. The option fell out, because I got to deal with Will Smith, the option fell out, and one of the writers took his intellectual property that he had written for Oliver Stone and turned around, changed my name, sold it to, Van, sold it to National Lampoon as Van Wilder. And it, that's the movie Van Wilder. Wow. So I did the show for National Lampoon, and I brought in some execs with Kevin Couch. And I said, uh, I said, I want to tell you guys a story. So I tell them the story. And I tell them, you know... I was in a, I was a number one party animal, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, they were like, turn the mics off. They're like, what? What do you want? Do you want money? Are you trying to sue us? Is this like a... Wow. And I go, no, no. I go, I, dead seriously, I swear to God, I just want to be able to say this in Des Moines, Iowa on radio. Like, I want to be able to know that I'm not lying. Because I've right, heard it. Because right, I right. heard it. Everyone talked about suing, but we chose not to sue. And I go, I just want to know that I can say it. And they're like, well, yeah, of course you can say it. It's, yeah, it's real. And I was like, perfect. That's it. That's all I needed. And but yeah, but you I if you watch the movie Van Wilder, it doesn't fucking look anything like I mean it doesn't look anything like my life. I've never seen the movie, but I don't think it reminds I I don't think if I saw it I'd be like, Oh, I did that. Like now now let's let's go back to your early days. And I know, by the way, we have a show to do in a few minutes, so we're you know, um I'm just thanks for taking like twenty minutes to be on the show. Uh I'll finish up after this, but uh I wanna talk about your partying because uh, I, I walked into the green room tonight and I was almost like like you're one of those guys where if you had a night rough night before you don't want to run into fucking Bert like yeah. you, you know like if it, like like if I'm hung over and I see you I'm just like and you're one of those guys who's like dude we'll just go get a beer and I'm like ah fuck it yeah last night turned into me and the band Smash Mouth crashing a wedding and at our hotel and what? F- yeah. oh you didn't tell you this last night you were with oh, the man Smash Mouth I ran into Steve the lead singer for Smash Mouth and he was like let's have drinks I was like fucking yeah so we go to meet up at a bar <laughs> Jesus. and I crash a wedding and next thing you know it's we're dude, taking pictures you know pictures. what this shit comes to you man you know what it is I said it to that fucking girl in the front row dude she's saying no to everything she's saying no to food she's saying no to shots she's saying no to everything the one time she said yes she made out with a dude like, I say yes to everything. I say yes and. You're the type of dude that if I went to Vegas with you, like, we would be doing blow with 50 Cent, like, and, and his backup singers. Like, but we wouldn't what. even want to. Like, yeah. we would be, like, walking through, like, a lobby of the MGM, and you would find a way. Now, have you always partied? Now, have you yes. partied from, like, high school? No, it's funny. I, I didn't start partying until I went to Russia. When I was in Russia, I realized that I could get. I, I, I didn't know. I, I realized I hadn't made friends in a really long time, and I needed to make friends with all these mobsters, or really just a few. But so I started drinking because it was an easy way to like get around people. Yeah. And then, and then I came back from Russia, and my girlfriend of five years had cheated on me with my best friend, and I really started drinking, and it was my way to get out of my shell and not feel foolish in front of a bunch of people who knew I had been cheated on. And then all of a sudden, it's like, then I'm the number one party animal. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to L.A. Wow, and I'm going right. to New York. And I'm meeting with writers. And they're having parties and hotel suites. And and, and, I, and and then I get a TV show. And then everyone wants to fucking party with me. I mean, I got parties. I got stories about partying literally accidentally with David Lee Roth, Johnny Knoxville, Will Smith, 
fucking Abel Ferrara, Harvey Keitel, like all, all right, these so fucking you, random before, people. Before you get off, and I know we have a couple minutes, what's the shortest one with a cool, quick, something cool that you could give us for the Johnny show? Johnny Knoxville's my favorite one. All right, because, let's do it. Let's do it. Because we, I was written up in Rolling Stone, and then and then uh, ESPN was doing the X Games, and they wanted to send two actors in a tour bus to Tallahassee to party with me for a commercial. Because <clears throat> that was like a very big article. So they send down two actors. One of them is Johnny Knoxville. Wow. So if I meet him at the Lambda Chi house where they're shooting something. I'm in the tour bus, and he comes in, and he goes, you party? And I was like, I'm the number one party animal. Fuck yeah, I do. And he goes, great. Pulls out a bong, starts handing me pills, and he goes, take some of these. Let's watch this. So we start watching. Well, and you just start, and you took the pills? I, he gave me two. I put one in my hand, took like ghost rid one, and took one. I was like, what is that? And he was well, like, Dilaudid. And I go, what's that? And he goes, pharmaceutical heroin. I was like, geez. whoa, <laughs> thank God I only took one. Are you serious? Started taking bong hits, and we start watching. Uh, Bam Margera's Can't Kill Yourself videos Jesus. of them trying to knock themselves out with a, with a bottle. They're trying to knock themselves out with an empty beer bottle, and we're laughing hysterically. Then he's like, so we're going to go party? We go, yeah. We go fucking take the tour bus. We go start picking up people. We party all night. It ends with him and I and the other actor in dresses, in makeup, full makeup, and Johnny Knoxville's throwing himself down my stairs. And then we're in the what? kitchen. We're in the kitchen, and he's literally, we're both standing the same way, and he goes, you know, I have an idea for a show. And I said, what is it? And he goes, I want to do a show where I get fucking shot in the chest with a gun, shot with an arrow, tasered. I want to do it like real Americana, like hardcore, all this, this shit. Is before this is before Jack- this is before Jackass. Jackass. And I'm like, and I'm like, wow, I can't imagine that anyone would ever fucking green like that. Cut to I'm in LA, I'm doing a TV show. And fucking jackass comes out. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Johnny Knoxville. Two days later, it's huge. Two days later, I'm at fucking California Chicken Cafe, and Johnny Knoxville walks in. And I go, Johnny Knoxville. Now, everyone knows him at this point. No one knows me. I go, Johnny Knoxville. And he looks at me, he goes, Burt Kreischer. And I was like, fucking shut the fuck up! Oh my God. He was like, man, it's good to see you. What how are you did doing? You, how did you take the pills without knowing? Like, you just didn't give a fuck what they were? No, I think, well, I, that's the dangerous thing about being the party animal that, it, that really bothered me is that I would get into situations where people, like, would give me acid. And I would yeah. be like, and they'd be like, do it, you're the party animal. Uh, and it was yeah. a weird way that tough. I didn't, I didn't tough. have the moral compass to say no, and I didn't have the backbone to say no. I would just do a lot of these things or do half of what they thought I was going to do just because I felt like I needed to live up to an image. It took, wow. it took meeting my wife to get out of that. Well, that's, a, that's an honest thing, and it sounds like meeting your wife could have maybe helped you a lot. Oh, it saved my life. I remember one night she pulled me aside and she goes, just so you know, when people watch you, the beers drink you. She goes, when people are watching you drink, you're the, you're, the beers are drinking you. You're not drinking the beers. And I went, wow. really? And she goes, yeah, like you need to get a hold of that because, you know, and she, was, and she was the one. She was like, no fucking weed, no nothing, no anything. I don't want you doing any drugs. Like if, if we're going to be together. And I was like, and I wasn't even really doing drugs, but I was like, fuck it. I, I'm, I'd rather not. I'd rather wow. not. Yeah. Wow. Well, dude, th- this has been, uh, yep, that's perfect time, and it looks like we're about to start the right, second perfect. show. We're going to do a plug real quick. Um, I'll be right there. We're coming. Um, thank you so much. Uh, check out Bert Kreischer, all his shit, man, his show on the Travel Channel, uh, Flip Trip. You got any dates coming up you want to plug? Where are you going to be? Uh, I've got, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to be. Dayton, um, Dayton, Irvine. Dayton and Irvine. Dayton and Irvine. You could check that on his website, and um, it's awesome to have you here. I'm going to stop the podcast. I'm going to finish it up later. Bert, thanks for hey, being here. I it's great. And you know that. what? He'll be we'll, he'll be back on it one day. So we'll uh, we'll finish this. All right. <laughs> I'll be back. Okay, everybody. I am back. Uh, we just did the second show, and this crowd is fucking on fire. First show 
Uh, they were kind of tight for everybody. They were okay. But this show was just fucking unbelievable. Packed out. Uh, great time. And if you want to know how crazy Bert can get, he got on stage with no shirt on. Literally a few minutes ago, he, to a packed crowd, walked out with a bucket of beers, no shirt on, stood on stage, grabbed one of the beers, drilled it just down the whole Heineken in like four seconds and then continued to dance with his beer belly hanging out, nothing, no, no top on, and the fucking place went nuts. And he just started getting laughs and buying people shots, and now he's upstairs with his, his T-shirt's back on and he's on stage killing. Just a funny, funny dude and um, a fucking blast. Like, he, like when he's like met up with Smash Mouth last night and all that shit, like that's the type, he's just one of those guys. Like, he's, like, there could be a movie, so check him out, but uh, that was really cool to have him on the show. So, we'll finish up with uh, some other things here that I want to talk about. It's been an insane, unbelievable, um, insane week uh, from, you know, just the stand-up stuff. The the Tuesday night show at uh, Gotham Comedy Juice was amazing, packed out. It was so cool. Dave Attell was on the show. Um, Wednesday night, worked my TV set out, went awesome. Um, what happened Thursday night back here, met Bert, went out drinking with Bert and it was so funny. He got a fucking like three foot beer and I just had a 16 ounce and I'm like, I can only have one and like hours went by and we, it it would just, it got, it got crazy. Uh, last night, I really want to talk about this on the show and I really hope everybody, I encourage everybody who listens to this. If you're a fan of comedy, you have to check this out because it was an absolute honor and, and pleasure last night to experience what I experienced. So I'll tell you guys, the new comedy club, The Stand, which is uh, owned by Chris Italia, David Kimowitz, uh, booked by, you know, Patrick Milligan, um, Paul Italia, you know, helped put it all together. Unbelievable team. And what they did was they had a private event. So the club is not technically open to the public for two weeks, but they had a test run last night with a private event for the Oxygen Channel because the Oxygen Channel is shooting a reality series. They're on season one, okay? And it's going to be coming out soon. They're doing the show in L.A. and they're doing the show in New York. It's basically a reality show, like a Sex in the City reality show called uh, Girlfriend Confidential. Now, uh, one of the girls on the show was... Um, you know, wants to do stand-up, always, like, loved it, it was a dream of hers to do stand-up, so part of the taping was, okay, Oxygen Channel got in touch with the stand through, you know, they, they knew people, they got in touch with the stand, and they said, we want to do, do it at the stand, and, you know, and have it catered, and have a big event, and you could put, uh, you know, put, like, three pro comics on there, and then let this, um, you know, one of the stars of this reality show go on and, and do, like, you know, five, you know, five minutes of stand-up, first time ever. Ballsy moved by her, too. So um, they talked to me. They talked to uh, Big J. And, uh, oh, you come in. Come in. Yeah. What are you doing? You got five minutes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, come here. Come here. All right. I got another guest here on the podcast, uh, Gina Brion. Very funny. Very funny comic. I'm glad we had uh, Bert on. Um, Gina Brion, everybody, on the on the Verzi effect. Have you you know about my? I don't even know. No, I, got, yeah. I didn't know what was going on. What's yeah. up? I do a um, I do a weekly podcast called the Verzi Effect, and um, I shoot the shit. And Bert was on it for the first twenty, 
And uh, yeah, yeah. So um, Gina was on the show today. Crushed. That was oh, awesome. That was good. You had yeah, a good time. Good time. Yeah. I yeah. enjoy working with you, man. It's good to watch you work. It's, uh, it's I appreciate. A pleasure working with you, man. Uh, I appreciate it. You're you're very funny, uh, very very smart, and uh, I think. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be working together for a long time. I hope so, man. Yeah, we're right in the same. I learn every time I work with you. I feel like I learn. Oh, something. that's 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 an it amazing. Well, actually, there's a cool story um, <laughs> that we that we went through tonight. Um, Gina and I were in the green room in between shows, and I was telling her. I'm talking to them about the first show at the stand oh, last okay, night, which was and, and which was amazing. packed out. It was, oh, yeah, it was yeah, it was packed out. It was amazing. It was an honor to be, you know, one of the the first the first comedian to ever grace that stage, and and you know the night was nuts. And I got into an argument upstairs with uh, Adrian uh, Appalucci and James Goff. Not really an argument, but they're very big in dogs and, yeah. and animals, and they kind of were putting them on the level of a human. And that's when I was kind of like, well, hold the fuck on for a second. You know, I understand. Yeah. You know, you love animals. I love animals. I, like, but, you know what? You know, know what's funny with people like I'm an animal lover? It's like, who, how could you not be? Yeah. Like, who, who, like who's going to be like, ah, fuck that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know? <laughs> you have to be a real crap person well, was, yeah, to be like, yeah, I'm not with it. Yeah, know? like, I don't understand. Like, that's why the whole, that's why the, the Mike Vick thing was so horrific. Yeah. It's almost like, how can you not have a, a loving animal? And, and I understand that. It's unconditional love. Yeah. So, Definitely. so well, it's actually cool because I'll be able to tell you how two comedians are sitting there <laughs> and, and actually could come up with a bit. So I'm telling Gina, I go, we got to an argument about how dogs, you know, are like people. And I said, no, they're not. And then it came up, well, if your son was missing or your dog was missing, you know, it, some people feel the same. And I go, if some people feel the same, that's fucking on them. Yeah. That's not. That's, it's, that's insane. That's a little too much. That's too much. Like, listen, I, a dog is great. Okay. It's going to be there for. So. Gene and I were talking about, yeah, dog's always there. Dog loves you no matter what you do. So I'm riffing, and I go, yeah, if you're a fucking shaky heroin addict and you come home, your Rottweiler's going to be like, yeah, that's what he does. That's my guy. He's a fucking heroin addict. He's a great guy. Like, that's, that's my heroin addict owner. And I was like, a real friend goes, stop doing heroin, asshole. And all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit, I need to write that. She's like, do it. And I didn't know if I was going to do it tonight. I, like, I literally, like, minutes yeah. before I went on this stage. This was just before the show started. You have to understand that. Yeah, like, <laughs> just before. like, just before the show started, it's packed out. And I'm like, and I told her, I go, you know something? And you motivated me to do it, yeah. which, you know, the comics push each other. And I went up and did it. And, you know, there definitely needs some tweaking, but I thought it did well for the first yeah. time. Yeah, oh, it did really well for the first yeah. time. I got a really good response. And yesterday, we were talking about how flipping material. Yes. And you did that. I did it. I decided I was, to. I was like, you know what? Because we were talking about it, and it was, I think uh, you said Patrice O'Neill had given you that advice, like, to flip it. But he, not, he didn't give it to me personally. Somebody said a big thing. I forgot who said it, but somebody said one thing that Patrice O'Neill said to do is... You know, so many comedians have the script, yeah. or or like they, they know they, they they know what their opener is, they know what the guts is, and then they know what the closer is. And it was like flip it. So like you know, over the past couple of years, I'd be like, all right, you know, what? I'm gonna take the chunk of my closer and open with it. Yeah. So we talked about it, and then, and then she comes off stage. She comes off stage and she goes, I changed, I changed the order, I did it, and it's like that's the shit. When you test each other, like, you know you're working with good people yeah. when it's a constant back and forth. And that's why I feel like I learned something. Every time I yeah. work with you, it's yeah. like we challenge each other and we go, you should do this. You should do, do this. That, Try yes. it on stage. And I even did that Barbie bit that we spoke about. Yeah. I do that out there. Now, of course, it, it needs work, but it but got you a weren't afraid. But, the, but, the, but, yeah, regardless of if it got nothing, yeah. the key to what we're talking about is putting it out there and, and understand because we're so afraid of failure. That's we're, what it is. We're so afraid of the audience, even if the audience goes, yeah, they were okay. Like, yeah. that's the most painful we, thing. If somebody leaves and goes, I didn't really like that person, that we go home devastated. Or goes, what, have you ever had this where you're standing next to the person? They go, oh, my God, you were great. You, you were, were okay. <laughs> 
like yeah, yeah. yeah kill yourself I, you were you were <laughs> fa- fabulous i've actually had all of them i've had you were great you were good too yeah i've had you were great and then look at over at me and the dirty look oh my god i just like somebody just, just like you were great die fuck it like you know what i mean like you said kill yourself i hated <laughs> so everything I kill yourself i you know? i have people waiting i wish i would have yes. known about this no, no 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 she just wanted to she just wanted to you got a you got a, a website to plug yes uh ginabrion.com it's just g-i-n-a brion b-r-i you got any dates coming up or you just see in the city i'm at gotham tomorrow night uh sunday night for mixtape comedy uh-huh um anthony anderson uh does that yeah does that does yeah i was just talking about the juice comedy juice show there on tuesday it's his birthday they're gonna be celebrating his birthday so it's like a big show that they're doing nice nice so that'll be fun and any other stuff you can always check the website ginabrion.com and of course i'm on facebook twitter all that jazz but no another time we're working we have more time i'll definitely you know love to yeah 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 pleasure oh pleasure pleasure guys keep listening to paul he's like a comedy prophet oh get out of here (laughs) gina brion everybody very i mean unbelievably funny uh, likable just you know, just somebody to watch. Wait, did she leave? She's leaving. Hold on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, we had a really good time. It was me, uh, Gina, and Bert on the show. So you guys are basically experiencing episode, uh, a chaotic episode number 73 with everybody who was on the show. I'm literally in the VIP room right now. We got the mic out. We got the laptop out. And we're doing this shit. But back to the week that w- that's been crazy, and it finally ends tomorrow. But um, last night at the stand... Place is packed out. They're telling me I'm the first one going up. They're giving hors d'oeuvres, drinks. The oxygen network is all there. They pack in people, standing room only. And when I tell you it was literally like uh, like 8 Mile, it was literally like the movie 8 Mile during the rap battles, just standing, hanging on the stage, like insane, packed out. I'm the first one ever. And I'm upstairs, and they're like, oh, he, I think he called your name. And I'm like, no. And I go downstairs, and I look at somebody in the audience, and I go, did he name somebody? And he goes, are you Paul? And I go, oh, shit. So I go on stage, place goes nuts, and it was just fucking, it was unbelievable, man. Like, the silhouette of Mike DiStefano, the late, great Mike DiStefano was on the stand on the sign, and he's it's like hanging on your back. And I, I said to the crowd, I said, with a guy as good as that, silhouette picture behind me you feel you can't do anything hacky no shitty joke because you feel i'm going what do you fuck get the fuck out of here with that um just so cool um and it was it was amazing you know it was a uh, Patrice O'Neill's, um, you know, widow, widow was in the crowd, and 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 Mike DiStefano's widow was in the crowd, or uh, girlfriends or whatever they were, them, just the women that were in their lives for years. I don't know exactly who was married or whatever, but I just know that they were there, and you feel this pressure, you know, like holy shit, like these people have seen great comedy, and I, I didn't want to, you know, do anything that wasn't up to par or, or that wasn't real, and it was a true honor to be there and do it, and. Um, Big J Okerson fucking went up and killed, had me laughing. Adrian Appalucci went up and killed. It was really good. Now, there's all Oxygen Network channels on there. So I will actually be, I've signed papers. I will be on this, I'm going to be on this reality show. Uh, the seasons, it's going to be on the Oxygen channel, which I didn't know NBC owns. But it's going to come out, I think, in January. And there, there's definitely going to be me, I think, on stage real quick in it and, and talking to one of the stars about comedy in it. So I'll be in that. But when it comes out, I'll, I'll plug all that stuff so you guys will know and be able to check it out. But, um, you know, the girl goes up. And it's a reality show, and she's doing it for the first time. And I think everybody and all her friends wanted to, or you know, didn't know how it was going to go. I thought it was going to be a train wreck. Now, for the first time ever, was it great comedy? No, it's the first time ever. But I have to say, she told a real honest story about trying to get, uh, you know, uh, a story. 
an exclusive story from Charlie Sheen and like what Charlie made her do to get it. And it was fucking pretty, pretty real and honest and funny for first time ever. So the producer and the director upstairs during all the chaos says, so Paul, what'd you think if it's her first time ever? And I said, to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. And he goes, are you willing to say that on camera? And I go, yeah. So uh, me and her had a conversation on camera on the show. And then, um, you know, I was just saying that, you know, I think for the first time ever, could, I thought it was going to be a fucking train wreck. Um, but, you know, she cared about, like, looks and stuff because, you know, she sees female comedians. And I said, listen, forget looks, forget all that shit. It's about content and material. But it was not, not that bad. And it was just a great, great night of, you know, it felt like a home, you know, a comedy club where, you know, myself and other people that are represented and, and also just, you know, comedians that they want to work there have a home to, to you know, go to when you want to work out new material or if you're trying to work out a, a bit, a clean bit, do something for TV, you can go there. And it was amazing. So please, everybody listening to this, this comedy club is on 20th Street and, and, um, and 3rd Avenue in New York City. It'll be open in the middle of September to the public. It's an amazing spot. It's a, an amazing restaurant up there. And, uh, you know, it's just... I mean, I'm telling you, the, the, the product is going to be amazing. It's an intimate, like, 100-seater packed right up on the stage. You're going to see great acts, eat great food up there. And um, I would say it even if I wasn't represented by the people that own it, even if I was just performing at it. Okay, the same way I talk about Levity Live, uh, which is at the Palisades Mall where we're at now. Any of these comedy clubs, but it's fucking, if you want to see comedians really honing their craft, go to the stand. It was fucking amazing. It really was, and it was intense. It was just like, oh, shit. Like, all these people you respect are around, and every, I'm just going, holy shit. And I just had to fucking be real with it. But um, So that, that was the week. Tonight, back here with Bert and Gina. And tomorrow, I am headlining Foxwoods, uh, comics at Foxwoods with James Goff. And, um, and it, should be, it should be great. And then I'm going to fucking take Xanax for a week so I could get my sleep. I'm just not sleeping. Anybody out there just not sleeping? You can't sleep? And it's not even because I have shit going on, because I'm able to, like, put that... I just can't. I lay down, and I can't sleep. You ever lay down, you get itchy and shit? I'm getting itchy. I don't know what the fuck that's about. Um, but, so I asked, I asked somebody, I was like, dude, I need some Xanax to calm down, so I'm going to try that. I know that's stupid, and I probably shouldn't be telling people I'm taking pills to try to sleep, but uh, I only got a couple, and I'm going to see if it works. All right? And I'm not taking Ambien, because last time I took Ambien, I fucking freaked out. People are going, doing shit on Ambien. I don't want to do that. Um, and you know what's funny? They always say, like, those pills you take, and you feel refreshed in the morning. No, you don't. It feels like somebody shot you with three tra tranquilizers in the thigh. There's nothing about taking something that puts you to sleep and then waking up like you could hop out of bed and go do a decathlon like they try to make it. It's bullshit. There's nothing that does it. Um, so I did not get to see any movies. Uh, people are still giving me shit about Dark Knight, saying I'm crazy. That's fine. I did run into some people that's, that, that were on my side, but we'll just leave it at that. If you didn't hear it, episode 72, I shit on it. I thought there were a lot of holes in it. I wanted to see, um, what, what's out? That, there was a movie out that I wanted to see. I couldn't bring myself to Total Recall just because the first one was such a classic, and seeing what they did with this one and looking at the reviews, I, I didn't do it. Uh, so I don't know when I'm going to see a movie next because I want to go home on Monday and sleep until I'm, I'm so tired. Okay. I, it is so unbelievably exhausting. Okay. I was feeding my daughter the other day. I'm on three hours of sleep. I'm absolutely 
just falling over tired, so tired. And I'm feeding my daughter on three hours of sleep. She's crying. She needs to eat. My son is upstairs, and I hear, Daddy, I did something. Daddy, I did something. Now all I want to do is start to cry. I just want to start to cry. And I go, what would you do? And he keeps saying, blue paint. Or blue. And I'm like, we don't have blue paint. What's he talking about? He comes downstairs, and he's got all this blue shit next to his mouth and on his cheek. And he's kind of like hesitant to, you know, to see how mad I'm going to get. And I just looked at him and I kind of smirked. And he had that little nervous smirk. And I love him so much. I'm just like, this is going to be hilarious, whatever it is. But what is it? And he goes, I did something upstairs. I made a mess. I'm feeding my daughter. I finally get my daughter to eat enough to where I could leave for a second. I go upstairs and my son went into my wife's nail polish. Oh, yeah. He went into her nail polish, took out blue nail polish, started painting the side of his face with it. I got to clean his mouth. My daughter's about to start freaking out because I need to finish the bottle, and I'm on three hours of sleep. And it was at that moment where I said what I posted on Facebook. I would never kill myself, but from now on, I will never judge somebody that does again. (laughs) I will never fucking do it because it is so hard. I never want to hear from anybody, you're tired. You don't know tired, okay? You don't know tired until you drive to New York City, do a gig, come home at three. It's ridiculous. And I love them. That's the crazy thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in this whirlwind. Because, of course, I couldn't do it the normal way. No, I wanted to have a family and live the normal life and do this job. So now I have both lives, and I'm trying to do it, and I'm fucking exhausted. But have kids, get married, do all the shit you want to do, but just buckle up. And don't stay up all night watching crime shows when you know you need to be up in three hours. Um, so, I don't know. We're 40 minutes in. We got a great story from Bert. We, you, you listened to Gina. I didn't see any movies. Sports. I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, Olympics is over. I'm bored out of my mind with sports. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the Giants-Dallas game on September. I think it's February the first night. I'm going to that. So that should be exciting. So we'll be able to talk some NFL football again, make some predictions, do all that good stuff that's coming up, okay? And what else did, uh, did I want to talk about? Um, yeah, so if you're going to be – oh, some plugs I got. Um, Vegas, September, 6th, uh, September 10th through the 16th. If you're in Las Vegas, I'm going to be at the MGM Grand, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club, September 10th through the 16th. I will be rested and not drinking and sleeping in every day. I will be a pleasure to be around. That's then. And uh, what is it, October – no, September 20-something, I'm in – Jacksonville with Bill Burr. I will I'll talk about that after. What else? Well, just take those for now. I'm redoing my website. I think I'm going to do a whole new website and all of that. So you're going to be able to see a bunch, and, and it's going to be easier. It's going to be uploaded, and uh, the website's going to be updated much quicker than it is now. So that, that will be easier because people are asking, oh, how come it's not on the website? It doesn't get, you know, you know why it's not on the website? Because I'm the one who has to do it and uploading and all that shit. And I've come to a point where I'm like, you know, I'm paying somebody to do this shit. I'm just paying. That's it. You know, I'd, I'd just rather give somebody money and say, take care of this shit. Just tell me where, you know, what to do or what you need from me. You plug it in so the people that are watching me, the, my fans, supporters, whatever can see. Because it's, it's, at this point, it's just too much. And I got... Drunk last night after the show at the stand, and I had to have that one extra beer, 
which made me wait in the city longer to go home to sober up. So I get home all hours of the night, and I'm not supposed to drink, and I find out that there's some big-time radio people here in the crowd tonight. I just had a great set. I want to see what the deal is. Go have a beer. So tomorrow's going to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, my God. I just need... I need... You know what's funny? You guys listening to this probably like, we get it. This kid needs sleep, but you don't know because I feel like I don't know what the fuck I'm even talking about right now. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I know that I'm talking to you guys, the Verzi Effect listeners. Thank you. Sorry for the babbling. Sorry for being tired. I'm on two fuck. I'm on two Red Bulls right now to stay awake. I'm probably gonna go have a couple of beers. And but my wife has been awesome. You want to know why she's been awesome? Because she's actually letting me sleep in the morning just a little more. Like when my son wants to, you know, do something at 7 in the morning. She's like, Daddy needs to sleep. So I told her, the next time I'm off, the next week I have a light week, I'm going to let my wife sleep in. And we're starting to not fight as much. We're starting to level off, me and my wife, with all the kids stuff and everything. Starting to get good. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Just got to talk to people nice, hope for the best, and basically do every fucking thing she wants, and you'll be happy. That's what it's about, everybody. It's about her. It always was. Always was about her. Because God forbid you defy something she really wants. Cancel fucking Christmas. So that's it. Unacceptable for the week is how I've known I needed to sleep and I've stayed out later. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable to be... You know what my wife said the other day when I got home late? She just goes, you're just a glutton for punishment, aren't you? This shit better pay off. Because uh, I'll tell you what, the shit that I'm doing right now, my documentary better fucking be great. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? The documentary is going to come out. It's going to have interesting content, and people are going to go, yeah, man, wow, it's crazy what that guy's doing. He must be tired. All right, yeah, put Total Recall in. We just rented it. All right, everybody, that's all I got. That's episode 73. Check out my guests that were on the show, Gina Brion, uh, Bert Kreischer, Check out his show on the Travel Channel, Flip Trip. And uh, for more news and updates and everything, check out the next episode. This will be up tomorrow because it's uh, about 11 o'clock right now. I got to go on stage after Bert and uh, close out the show. And that's it. So go to the stand, check it out, and that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. Episode 74 will be a a little less chaotic and, and fun. So thank you very much. This is the Verzi Effect. Leave your comments. God bless. And I will be, uh, check me out in Las Vegas if you're out there September 10th to the 16th at the MGM Grand. Later.